Hello everyone and welcome to the Terrace House Tokyo podcast. My name is Stu, I'm an English guy that lives in Tokyo. And I'm Misumi, I'm a Japanese-British-born girl living in Hong Kong. And check this out. Uh, we're once again in the same place for the Yay. third time? Mm. Fourth time maybe? Okinawa, Tokyo, third time. Third time, okay. Third time. Yeah, so again... The stars have aligned and Masumi's back in Tokyo for a little bit. Yeah, I'm f- I arrived on New Year's Day and I'm flying on Monday. Um, I did say um, on Instagram in the post that we were going to record yesterday, but things changed and um, we now decided to record together tonight. It's, it's What is it? It's 10.37 tonight. Um, we're just about to go to contact for anyone that lives in Tokyo. We're going to go to contact. We're going to see Peggy Goo. Yes. who we love um yeah we're just trying to squeeze this one out um maybe so. <laughs> don't, I mean... don't say don't say squeeze this one out. <laughs> oh my god i'm sorry i didn't mean to make it sound like a turd or a poo um <laughs> yeah let's just say from the off we've kind of like we went out for dinner we had some we wine so we went to like... we had a lovely dinner yeah we had some wine um, I'm having some oolong hai. Oh yeah. god, I love oolong hai. Oolong hai is, or um, well, oolong is a tea, and the hai bit is uh, like Japanese shoju. It's a bit like Japanese vodka, and it's like I love that drink. So every time I come back to Japan, I would like to have some Japanese drinks. Um, um, but yeah, I'm just gonna leave you to it while I have a top up, actually. So it's good to have Masumi over here, but also this is kind of like a two-part. So first off, it's it's covering the episode uh, "Starving for Affection," episode twenty-eight, uh, the last one of two thousand and nineteen, and also it's kind of a bit of a wrap-up episode because yeah, we've 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 wrapped up all the episodes of last year, and now it's we're moving into twenty twenty. So we wanted to have a little bit of an award session as well. So we're going to be doing that afterwards after we've recapped what happened in "Starving for Attention," but. Before we dive into anything, we both just want to say a massive happy birthday to George. Happy birthday to George, who made our jingle. So you know the very beginning, before you hear us say, hey, welcome to Terrace House Podcast, um, which Stu generally does because I'm always a bit nervous at the beginning, aren't I? Yeah. George made our jingle. Happy birthday, George. And he was one of the first guys that we, when we just like decided to do this one day, um, he was one of the first people that we actually had to tell tell about it because we were like, we need some music. Can you just can we just steal some music off you, basically? So um, yeah, thanks for being with us from the start, and yeah, cheers, man. We appreciate. It. I've never met you, but I know I'm going to one day. Yeah, you need to meet Masumi, mate. When are you coming over to Japan? And so, uh, actually, you don't live in Japan, so. <laughs> when you whenever you come, well, I might. Who knows? I might end up in Japan. Okay. I've just got to do Hong Kong and Australia before. Exactly. So at some point we'll meet George and George will be on the show. But thanks, man. And happy birthday. And also, I'd just like to say um, thank you to all the new followers. Yeah. This, um, I made one post. We got like 40 new followers. Yeah. And yeah, so thanks to everyone that, do you know what? Thanks to everyone that like new follows, everyone that's been following for a while. And then also everyone that just, all the lurkers as well. Like even if you don't post, that's the lurkers fine. are the best, aren't they? Yeah. If the you're... creepier, the better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it, you know, we, we don't mind if you don't comment. It's just like just seeing the plays go up is means a lot. So thank you very much. And it's been really nice to see the end of the year finish on like a massive jump. So thank you, guys. Yeah, very happy. 2019 was the best year of my life. And I know that uh, this podcast and just doing it and also the interaction with you guys had something to do with it. So I'm very, very happy. For sure. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode. And for me, I loved it. I thought this was one of the most balanced episodes we had so far. Like, you know, everyone gets to say to speak. Uh, It's got really good pace. There are some sort of surprises, things that we weren't expecting, but they're not like boom, crash, sort of overly uh, dramatic uh, things that, you know, really sort of build a big crescendo or need a lot of attention. Uh, It felt like a really well-paced show and I really enjoyed it. Did I really enjoy it? Yeah, it balanced itself out. There was crying, there was crying, (laughs) there was laughter, there was laughter. Um, I just want to say that um, there was one member that really was the shoulder to Kai on. (laughs) You're you're so happy with that, so happy with that. Okay, let's dive into that first then. So Kai and Hannah, they have the chat and this was kind of where the last episode left off. Uh, Hannah was really voicing her concerns and it's kind of what we expected. She was upset about Vivi and Rio getting on really well and their chemistry. And, um, you know, you're right. Kai was kind of, did a lot of listening this episode. He did a lot of listening. And, you know, contrary to what I was told about Kai um, in Total so far, he does come across like a very good guy. Mm. When he says, like, you know, I like genuine people and all this stuff, um, he seems quite chill. So the, the uh, I don't want to say inside info, but people who have actually met him um, in the comedy scene, they I'd got the impression that he wasn't that genuine. But he has come across very well in those chats. And I liked the interaction with Kai and Hannah very much because um, as two strangers, because they're still strangers, the way that um, Hannah was like, oh, I'm really sorry if I... I know you like Vivian, I've mentioned this. And he was like, no, it doesn't affect me how... It doesn't affect me and how I feel about her. And also, very good with um, Hannah for saying, Vivi is not the enemy and neither is Rio. And the interaction between Vivi and Rio, yeah, it has hurt her, but what's hurt her is not... What's so nice is it's not about those two. It's more about the way that it's making her feel. And she feels she's being hard on herself, for sure. But all the other times when it's been with Risiko and Haruka, yeah, there's it, always been a focus more on, oh, I don't like the fact that she did this, I don't like she said this, but Hannah gets props from me. I think she's. it feels like she's understanding the situation for what it is and not feeling like it's like against her. So she kind of has seen, I mean, looking at those guys getting on, Vivian Rio seem to have real chemistry. And I think Hannah just acknowledges that and she's like, I'm not going to give up, I'll still pursue this in some way but you know it's something that she wants to deal with herself and not taking it as something that's you know directly directed against her basically it's just a situation which yeah for sure like I don't think she should give up like we don't we still don't know what's going to happen it does feel like that chemistry is really strong between those two but you know it's probably worth a try her still carrying on and Hannah wow just want to do a shout out and a mention that she has um she's got a a big match on, isn't she? Like something called New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's apparently the big, biggest event of the year. It's called Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom. And she was wrestling today, right? In yeah. Tokyo. But is, that, is she wrestling again? Or? 
No, she's wrestled tonight. Okay. I don't know. I, I haven't seen the the results, the the kekka in Japanese, but apparently it's a really really big tournament. Um, and historically, um, got the inside information first from Jeffrey. Shout out to Jeffrey. Um, I love you, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't know you, but love your comment to say that we're two attractive podcasters. That's nice. Yeah, flattery will get you everywhere, exactly. Jeffrey. Thanks, dude. But but more importantly, I like that you you told me about um, this Wrestle Kingdom event. It's huge. Apparently, they've never really had um, female only matches. And yeah. I, I wish her all the best. We need to actually make sure and uh, see whether she's doing. At some point, we will go and see a match, and we we will we will check it out at some point. On that note. I just want to say shout out to Angie Ayama, the translator. I just love the fact that, like, she just dropped in, like, when Hannah's talking to Kai. She's like, sorry, I'm just being a negative Nancy. (laughs) (laughs) That's just just a funny phrase to drop in. So uh, I really enjoyed that. Shout out to Angie. But I think sometimes she does twist it a little bit. She does You know it, it, that she yeah, makes yeah, it sound yeah, a bit yeah, more yeah. romantic than it really is. Or she makes it sound a bit more... And sometimes, like, you know that bit when um, you says, apologise to my daughter, talking mm. about Takui. Mm. Not Takui, but talking about Tori-chan. Yeah. And that's cute. But then she translates it as, apologise to Tori-chan. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, no, man, leave it in as a daughter. That's bants. That's funny. But she makes it a bit... So I wish she'd consistently keep up with the bants. I think it's difficult, right? Like, you're never able to keep everyone happy. She probably doesn't do it in one go, right? When she's doing negative Nancy, she's probably, like, drunk, you know, coked up as well, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And then she, like, pauses. Angie, I'm so sorry. And then then she's like, oh, woke up in the morning, and I'm like, oh, God. And then she tries extra hard to be sober and PC. That's what it is, right? That's what I'm imagining. Because there's a bit of inconsistencies, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the impression I'm getting from Angie. So, yeah, if you want to come and come on the show and refute this, you know, please do. But... I do love you, Angie. I'm only joking. <laughs> so, okay, so that's how we kick off. And then we have Vivian Rio, as we mentioned a few times, flirting. And, like, their chemistry is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are, like, so in tune with just, like... It was like a game of tennis of, like... Bash the ball to you, bash the ball back to me. Bash the ball to you. Like, yeah. I mean, they'd probably, if they started kissing, it'd probably be terrible, though. It's one of those things where it's so good. Don't they act, I mean, maybe they could, oh, it'd be good, yeah. I was feeling it. I Mm. didn't want it at first. I did not want Rio and Vivi to get it on, but it was cute. That necklace was nice. Yeah. Whose technique was better out of that? Or would you think it was a mutual thing? Rio. You think he was... He could, I liked it the way he was like, I thought that was me with the art. And then she was like, did you really think that? And he's like, no, of course I didn't. I thought it was Russia. Oh. I liked it. It was so smooth because it was deadpan. Mm. And when he did that whole Ponzu cut chat, it's so cute when you can bond on something so basic, right? Mm. Like when it, Tell me what the most nichest thing that you have bonded over with a girl. Mm. Like have you ever bonded over like citrus sauce? <laughs> like, you know, that's pretty niche. It is. But when it was getting to that point, maybe they do both love Ponzu, but it was getting to that point where they were just sort of naming stuff. I wonder if it gets to that point where it's just like, yeah, and I love, um, you know, silk socks. And it's like, yeah, I love silk socks. Like, you know, they might, you know, I'm just, I'm not saying neither of them love Ponzu. But... I love raw egg on rice, but I've never tried raw egg on rice with Ponzu, but I'm totally going to do that. 
yeah, I love raw egg on rice for sure. Quite you were gonna, you positive. were gonna take me to a raw egg on rice place. Yeah, we still need to go to that spot. Yeah, I really want to go. I love raw egg on rice, but that was cute. Yeah, and it's it seems like equal balance, which we haven't seen a lot of so far. And the way is... that her Japanese, you really know how good her Japanese is because it, it was very you could, you know, when you can bounce on that level. Yeah. And it's a vibe, and there's no brokenness with language barriers. Yeah. Oh, they might be the first kiss that we can see. But if it was a bit much when he was like, you know, when I'm... It's not a bit much, but when... Like, who would have known that Rio really was looking for a wife? Right? He, he mentioned that before. No, but he mentioned that before when he was talking with his pals. But when he first came in, did he ever give off that impression that he's looking for a wife? Mm. Oh, what are you saying? It's a bit... Saying to her straight away, it's like, I'm looking for a wife. It's just, it's a bit, I'm still trying to believe. I'm like, really? Are they trying to get into the Olympics, dude? Looking for a wife is a big thing, Stu. Would you be focusing on winning, getting in and winning the Olympics at the same time as looking for a wife? Let's be weird about that. Going for gold and going for... For gold. (laughs) Like, that's like a double-double. Like, would you really think about that? Like... Maybe that's his, that's his 2020. He wants like 2020 uh, to be like the killer year. Yeah. He wants gold and he wants silver. Yeah, that's his 2020 and he wants 2020 vision. Yeah, he just wants a good, he wants a good summer, right? What's Imagine if in? I won the Olympics and I got married this year. If I started training now, do you think I could do it? Hey, no one wins the Olympics. Only, only a country. Uh, <laughs> oh. You need to like win a sport in the Olympics. What would you go for? Swimming? I'm actually quite good at swimming. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think I'm that fast. What would you... Sorry, just just, just out, of, out of interest. Is fencing... Uh, what happened with you and your fencing hobby? I smashed my shoulder up, so I couldn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. But if you were to do any Olympic sport, what would it be? What What would I do for do. my skills? Or what like would I want you, to If do? someone literally put a knife point, put you a knife point and said, you have to enter the Olympics and you have... Like, now... Yeah. And you have to do anything and like you've got to try and not look like a shit show. Which sport would you enter in? Cycling. Oh, interesting. I should have known that. Or would I be swimming? I don't know. Yeah, I think I could probably do swimming. Gymnastics? No, you're joking. <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> yeah, anyway. So anyway, Topaz and Emiko. And here's like... Just look, this is why this, show, this episode is so balanced. We have, like, everyone interacting with everyone in these, like, nice little packages, and then it opens it up again. But, um, yeah, Topas and Emika are a couple that we see a couple of times, and their sort of slow relationship develop is pretty cute, right? Like, they're so cute. They're, so, so, but they're going in on it is, like... No, but they're so cute, but it's very different. Vivian, Rio are, like, kind of... Like, they like each other way more than they're showing on camera, right? Who we are and Vivi. Yeah, like, obviously they do. Like, together, to each other, they're kind of playing it cool. There's no doubt about it, right? Mm. But behind the scenes, especially on Vivi's point of view, while she's watching that video so many times, like, she obviously clearly likes him, yeah? Mm. Whereas with Topaz and Emiko, there's way more, like, I like you, I like you, more discussion about liking each other than it, than they're, than, you know different the thing i think i like about them is that they're kind of a bit fumbly and slow and a bit boring and i'm like this is what terrace house should be about like it's like 
people being like, so I like you. Do you like me? Like, I like you. You know I like you. I just want to say, you can't see this, but Stu's face is actually elated. (laughs) Talking about this, like, his eyeballs are huge and he's, like, so happy. I'm just, uh, this is, like, what (laughs) Terrace House should be about. Like, people, like, fumbling around and not really knowing what they're doing, but it's sort of slowly aligning and hopefully I love how you're using the word fumbling. Yeah. (laughs) Do you remember when I said fumbling along in life? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you didn't mean to use it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I meant stumbling. Um, but I, yeah. Which, but which? Who do you who do you relate to more, Topaz or Rio? Like for me, I'm definitely more Vivi. I'm so Vivi. I could imagine myself having the interactions with Vivi and Rio than I imagine me having the interactions with Topaz as Emiko. So I feel more Rio in that situation because I think. Vivi is a stronger character and sort of taking the lead in the conversation. I know they both seem confident within that interaction, but I think she sort of took the initiative in it largely. And he was like reacting to her stuff, even though he's showing confidence and being like, oh, I thought that R was about me. He's like reacting to her driving the conversation. Um, so I think I'm more real out of the, the two conversations, but I do like the Emiko and, and Topaz chat. It was, it was very cute, basically. Yeah, man. It was a good episode. And as it, as it build, builds on from them, you know, they hang out again and have a little chat and he says he likes her. And just they seem to have like a good good vibe going. I think it's nice. Yeah. I think he's being a bit too much, though. That bit when he was like, oh, what point do you go on a date with someone? Yeah, like, is it, I think he was just driving the point across a little bit too much, I thought. I think at that point I was a bit like, wow, you know, it can be inferred, you know? Mm-hmm. We're still, it's still difficult to work out how much experience he has because, you know, we get He's lots of so hints. so smooth. Come on. You just Top know hats. it. I can't... Okay, I'm not buying into it, the fact that he's like a shy guy. Either, would you like to see a movie one day? Mm, but maybe if it comes to dinner, like the way he slides that in, that's smooth. Some people have mastered the art of, oh, I'm a fumbler and I'm a shy guy, but hey, that's my way of getting into your pants. I'm not speaking from experience. <laughs> <laughs> but it felt like that was just something he'd so Topaz to me as, as someone feels like someone who has read the rules and read them very well and rehearses them and then goes and plays them out and that's in the way that he dresses the way he works the way he interacts with people and you know that's the way he sort of like works with hierarchy and sort of you know says you're my senpai to Rio and that sort of thing so when it comes to things like uh, yeah, so him going on a date, he's like, okay, a date is dinner, a movie, and then maybe a drink. And it's like, okay, so do you want to go for a movie? And then he's sort of locking in the dinner as well to like make it the thing that makes a date. So we first get to see a bit of, a proper bit of Lily Frankie, don't we? Where he's dishing out some advice to Topaz. He's won some award, he's giving out some award. And he's quite happy to, um, uh, you know, dive in and check out the bikini shot of Emiko hanging out on Instagram, which seemed a little bit out of place, but um, yeah, fair enough. And he's, he's also given him a bit of advice saying that perhaps Emiko feels a little bit far away from Topaz His real as a life, yeah, person, yeah. yeah. And maybe they do feel a bit distant, but may, like Emiko is someone... Opposites attract-ish. Yeah, but Emiko doesn't feel like... To be honest, Emiko seems wild, like she could adapt to anyone. Yeah. She's so in the middle. Topaz could be seen as like a little bit boring and so is Emiko in a way. Like 
They're beige. Yeah, but like... I mean, they're all beige. Beige can be grey, you know. The 60s were good. The 60s wasn't beige. The 60s was the year of sexual revolution. I know, but look at all the furniture. Google 60s furniture right now. I bet everything you look at is beige or maybe the old bit of plastic red stuff. Oh no, come on. Alright, so hang on. One, two of the... Why do you know this shit? Actually, perhaps the most interesting scene within this episode is towards the end where we have Topaz who's had a drink. He's had a few drinks. He's been at the station. He's been getting smashed. Yeah. He has a little chat with Kai, which is very nice. And then later on, we see him sat at the table in the kitchen. Hannah and Vivi come down and they have a discussion. And here's, again, another reason why I really like this episode where it's a show about supposedly nothing, but suddenly we get into philosophical discussion as to like, can you be loved if you've never known love? Or how can you express love if you've never fully comprehended what love is? And um, yeah, I, I, th- I think it's, I think they both have really good points, but I think it's a nice sort of like space to open up that discussion and have a think yourself just from it turning from a show about, you know, people going out for food in Tokyo and eating nice, you know, lunches. And then suddenly you're throwing this big question. Um, wh- who do you agree with more? So we have Vivi's opinion where if you've, if you've never known love, you can know love. You just need to build it from from within yourself. Whereas Topaz is contending the idea that if you've never known love, you can't express it yourself. Uh, well, I'm totally in the middle. So I would say with Vivi, I completely disagree with her. I disagree with them both. But if, mm. if, if I had to agree with one of them, I'd probably agree with Topaz. But I disagree with them both where... When Vivi says you can only truly love someone when you love yourself, I'm like, no, that's bullshit because I've loved so many people. Not so many. Like, I've loved a few people. Mm. But I think only now am I truly loving myself. Like, I've always loved... Like, when people talk about love, um, people think love is when you really, really like someone unconditionally, right? I don't think love is unconditional. Would you agree that love is conditional, first of all? Yeah, for sure. I'd yeah. I think love is conditional. So I've, in that sense, I've, I've loved people. But I actually find that it's the people who... I agree with her when I say... I disagree with her because when I say... I think about a lot of people who think that they're in love. A lot of those people are the ones that have felt loved the least. Like, and then sometimes I find people who are so loved... They have a loving family background. They have never felt more love in their life, but they are—they find it so difficult to love back. Yeah, I think the way that it gets presented, and not that it's wrong to do this, but the way the conversation gets set up is one of binaries. So you either can't or you can love based on your situation, where it's like, it's such a sliding scale, isn't it? Depending on your circumstance. And for of sure, course. I think the thing that probably they're both trying to say is that, Obviously, with a greater level experience of love, you probably have, um, you're more adept in sort of giving it out or receiving it. And so, you know, that's kind of what they seem to be saying, basically. And I think sort of Vivi talks top us around at the end. But um, yeah, maybe the point that he's making is it's harder to be loved or know love if you've never known it before. And... But I do think they're coming at it from two different places. One is which Topaz, the narrative seems that he's come from quite a 
tough background and has very limited family, especially around him. Whereas Vivi, who seems slightly more well off and travels quite a bit, um, actually like might have a greater level of options around to her. So, well, I found it funny when Topaz said, "I've only had, I've only got two members of family in Tokyo." Right? I know he was talking about his absent father. But when he was talking to Kai, he was saying, I've only got two members of family in Tokyo, right? Mm. I was like, that's way, way more than you have. Mm. That's way more than, like, I really have. Mm. I have, like, 1.75 members of family in Tokyo. Perhaps family is an important thing. It's just it's an important thing to him. It's something he lacks. And obviously that was bringing up the fact that his um, his father had left the family. But emotions, I just feel like emotions must be running high because... I could imagine it must be quite difficult to even think about crying when there's a whole camera crew, right? Yeah. That whole house must be quite emotional. Emo like, I could only cry in a setting which felt, like, really warm. I could either cry in a setting which feels really warm or in a setting which feels... He's had a few bit. He's had a few whatever strong zeros. No, but he cried before that, though, didn't he? Mm. So, so on, a, on a serious note, I think there was... On a serious note? On a, I'm, I'm leaving the podcast now. <laughs> not on any serious notes. But I, <laughs> I, my, I have a, a great concern around how Topaz will view hit, how this scene is, is, is interpreted. Because I think him as someone who, as we've just mentioned, hierarchy is very important to him. Work, the way he presents himself seems like a very sort of key thing to who he is. For him to be... Um, presented as someone who's had too much to drink or, you know, might be a bit loose with his words or anything like that, I think that would really affect him in a way that perhaps it shouldn't. Like, I'm sure, like, you know, you getting pissed on a on a podcast or, like, on a show and chatting away, I'm sure if you said something that you might have regretted, I think you might regret it for five minutes and then not worry about it. Like, I think a lot of people would just sort of absorb it and deal with it, whereas it feels like he's someone that might sort of stew on it a bit. I know, so Topaz, just just listen to me for a second. If you are actually listening to this podcast at all, I just want you to know you are more endearing because you let loose. I'm not saying you're more endearing because you were drunk, because I'm not trying to... I don't, I don't want to be an advocate for being drunk, you know. I'd still like you if you were sober or you weren't sober. But please don't feel bad and have that post-alcohol depression. I mean, it was two months ago, wasn't it? But Yeah, he's, he's probably fine now. He's probably worked his way through it. Yeah. You know where we are, at Terrace House TKO, if you want to drop us a message. I've been messaging people back and forth, and so now I finally know the handle. <laughs> okay, great. So before we finish up, is there anything you want to say about this episode before we dive into our awards, end of the year awards? Not really, no. All right, so tell me. So Sorry. No, no, no. Who's, who's your pick and who's your dick? My pick, pick is Pepe. <laughs> of this episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got a pick. Man, you will not let that go. <laughs> For this episode. Yeah, who's your pick? Rio. No! Oh, Kai. I, I'll tell you what. Kai is my pick because it, he did well. He, I mean, he didn't have a, he didn't choose to be in that situation. He could have listening well, yeah. He, he did. Was, yeah, I think it's a good pick. 
yeah and my dick oh it's hard but um maybe it's lily frankie yeah okay yeah no that's a that's a good one he was a bit sort of i know what the situation is dishing out some information or whether he does you know he's got a lot of experience fair enough but it felt like he was very much sort of elderly elder japanese guy dishing out some experience to a younger guy and then looking at some young girl's bikini and objectifying like all the hips like whatever i'm like yeah uh okay yeah i'm i'm gonna pick topaz as my as my pick just because i just like the way he locked in a couple of dates and i wasn't expecting that from him he's he's going about it he locked in a couple of dates with the same girl yeah that's great okay you know, he seems like things are going well. And Emiko seems very happy, so that seemed nice. And, yeah, I'll I'll steal your dick as well. I'll go with Lily Frankie too, just because, yeah, everyone else seems to be doing pretty well. Oh, actually, can I change my mind? Go. My pick was actually um, the hosts. Yeah, they're on they fire. Were they were jokes. When they did that callback to Tokui, it was like, wow, you don't know yeah. what the fuck is going on with him. I don't know. Do you think Tokui can even bear to watch? He, do you think that he's still watching or he's like, fuck? But that call to Someone where Gamachan is totally like, Tokui, please. Like, I was like, yeah. Sick. Someone will show them the link on, his, on their phone or something. Yeah, yeah, for so sure. So good. Um, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Okay, so with that, let's dive into our... End of season, end of end of year awards, and yeah, thanks everyone. Like we said before, thanks everyone for getting involved uh, with the with the podcast this year. It's been really great to see um, the the show develop and and more more people get involved and more and more listens and that. So we really really appreciate it. And thanks everyone for all your submissions about who you thought were your picks, your dicks, your moments of the year, and your honourable mentions. So we really 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 do appreciate you getting involved. So thank you. Um, so, should we run through? Do you, what order do you want to do these in? Well, the order you're the order guy. Okay, all right. So let's okay. Let's kick off with the pick then. So, who overall the best character um, of the season so far? Who who are you picking? And do you have a runner up at all? My pick is Pepe. <laughs> I know. Surprise! Surprise! No, but he really was. He was concise and efficient. He came in. You know how, like, he came in. He okay. First of all, let's just let's just really think about this. He already lived in Shimo. Yeah. Yeah. So at the same point, it's like he's not really moved that far, but he already moved from Shimo to this place, like a little bit further away. He had a goal. Wanted to do the manga. He managed to be a sport. At the same time as having a career. Ruka, he didn't have a career. And he was hardly in any of the episodes, you know. He was present in lots of episodes. He went on a date. He was charming. He did a lot. He showed the household Negronis, Aperol Spritz. You know, he cooked for them a couple of times. He probably was the most busy, right? Mm. And he had so much to give. And he had great outfits, Bold shirts, rode a bike. Great glasses. So Japanese, and his story was just knew I wanted to be anime when I was younger, and he did it. I feel like his whole 
I'm not just putting it in words. I'm just going to do it. That's it. I just, the whole thing inspired me. And let me just tell you this in real time is, um, I messaged Pepe and I said, um, because we posted something where I said, we posted something where I said, we went down memory lane today to the Combini where Pepe first laid eyes on his manga. And, um, he reacted to the story with a, like a crying face. And then I said, well, I forgive you for not actually crying like you said you were going to. Because it's true, he did say, remember before this episode, he said, oh, um, oh, when I see it, I might actually cry, right? He didn't cry. Then I said, but FYI, I want you to know that I do a podcast on Terrace House Tokyo and I am nominating you as my P-I-C-K pick, i.e. fave member of 2019. And he, he, he liked it. And then I did Ha Ha Heart. And I went, and it's got nothing to do with you being handsome or talented. Dot, dot, dot. Maybe, you are such a chance. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went. And it has nothing to do with you being handsome or talented. Dot, dot, dot. Maybe it has something to do with it. Oh, and he's seen it. But he liked it. It was nice. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah. Shout out to you, Pepe. Yeah. I I. I mean, I, you probably don't even listen, but I just want you to know. Uh, I've met many people like you, but you're great, okay? Well... Cheers, Pepe, for getting involved and, and yeah, and chatting with Masumi. But also, I completely, I yeah, I agree with you. Like, he was a strong, strong character. And you, If you were Pepe... I'd be cleaning up. Uh, you know, I'm almost sad that Pepe and Kauri... I'm sad that they didn't get... To, it would have been perfect if the two of them were together. But they've definitely met. They, yeah, of course they met. But if they were together, that would be a power couple. Because they were the most... Those two were the, the coolest. For sure. They were like literally like 99 problems. Mm. They're fucking champagne on a bag of ice. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. So leading on to that. See, I forgot that. I, did, I forgot about Kauri. So my pick. Is she Kauri? Yeah, I'm going to pick Kauri. Of course. So I was aminaring because I had Shohei as kind of a runner up. And I was like, I really like Shohei's vibe. I think he was really refreshing in terms of being this kind of uh, what sometimes get referred to as a slacker and like a nice antidote to what a lot of, a lot of the times a narrative that gets pushed on former episodes of Terra, Terra's House. And so I think he was really, really refreshing and, and just the sort of someone who all the, all the characters are in the show seem to really enjoy interacting with. Yeah. And so it felt like this was a guy that was nice to hang out with, but also that um, you know, everyone was getting on really well with. So, uh, yeah, he was perhaps going to be my pick, but I just think Carrie, just in terms of someone who, again, would seem to get on with everyone very well, seemed quite level-headed, also showed a bit of vulnerability at times as well. And I think she had a bit of a, a tough couple of weeks where she was getting a bit of a hard time with people thinking whether she was genuine or not. But um, overall, I think she seemed like a really like nice woman and just following her time on from Terrace House as well it seems like she's just like a cool chick that's got a lot of interesting stuff going on so I don't like the new hairstyle though I quite like it I'm not sure about Risiko's new hairstyle though what's her one it's permy as well but um yeah it's it's not 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 my vibe so my we're gonna do dick of the year but it's actually gonna we're gonna refer to it as 13th place 
because I thought Dick of the Year is just like a bit strong. And for me... Someone's obviously been PC'd so hard. No, but I'm just like, no one's been like... We haven't had a Noah. We haven't had a like... Uh, what do you mean Noah? I, Noah may have been a dick, but he still got the girl. Like he got Sana. Who gives a shit? He's a tool. Like, no, yeah. I didn't think he was a dick. He, but he was a real... No, no, he no, He was no, a no, shitty no, person no, no. to show no, him. No, no, yeah. He was a shitty person to show him, but... There was something that someone said where they thought it was a conspiracy of this whole thing of maybe Shohei, maybe Noah looked like a dick because maybe he had to keep repeating it over and over again, the reason why he laughed. That whole scene where he was laughing so much, maybe that was because he was told to reenact it over and over again. Even Maybe he felt so uncomfortable. He felt so uncomfortable about being called out that he could only do anything but laugh. Be an adult. Don't say it. Or but like... he was young. Yeah, well, you know, well, like, I guess he's going to make those mistakes. No, I don't then. think he was a dick. I think he was a dick. I don't think he was a dick. How can you say he was a dick, but you're not going to call out the guy that was the the chef, you know, in the same, the same Karizawa episode, the guy that was trying to be a chef, the 18-year-old fucking twat. You die. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll, die, put, yeah. I'll put him in the same thing. So, like... Yeah, I don't think we've had a Yudai, I don't think we've had a Noah, I don't think we've had a Makato, the guy that, um, the baseball player in Boys and Girls in the City. That yeah, he was rubbish too, but Uchi. also, who was that girl, the one that, the Gravia model in um, Karuizawa, who was trying to get with Noah as well, she was a twat too. Okay, she was like... It was cringy. If you're cringy, you're a twat for but me. But yeah, okay, so I think there's a difference between her being like, she wasn't being malicious in any way. <laughs> so, alright, regardless of whether it's Dick of the Year or 13th place, I'm picking Risico. Okay. Just because I guess I felt like we didn't get much out of her as a character looking at her overall presence and also just her exit, piggybacking Kenny. Um, yeah, I wasn't that into that, into that, so that's why I'm going to pick her. Who are you going for? I'd say she was probably my dick too because I, you know I loved Risico at the very beginning. Hmm. I don't have a dick. Exactly, it's difficult, right? It's difficult. Um, I don't like the way Shohei left. All right, pick him then. Oh, can I pick Takui then as the dick? All right, yeah, pay your taxes, man. Come on. Yeah, I'm going to pick you. Okay, so moving on to moment of the year. It can be any event or scene that you just selected that you think is... Oh, Ruka's leaving speech because for so long we had no Ruka... And he was the butt of all jokes. But his leaving speech, it was epic. If you think about the fact that Carrie was like, I'm just going to London, I'm just going to be here for six months. It's like, oh yeah, cool. Thanks for not even bringing that up. That's a big move. Her mm. moving for six months, not even just sharing that with us. It's like, oh cool. Oh, well, you didn't fancy telling. If I lived with you for a few months, I think I'll tell you. The fact that it was like, I'm just bringing it up casually that I'm moving to London. That's a bit weird, right? Show his exit. It's like a French exit. Yeah. Yeah? I think Ruka really did a good job. And his English was shite. Well, he, he, and he then he really it. improved. Yeah. Yeah. It was cute. I agree. And so... his acting is terrible, but it must have taken so much confidence. He didn't smile. Do you remember that acting scene where he was so shy, he just kept laughing all the time? He was straight. He was... Yeah, that was memorable. Yeah. Honourable. It was honourable, not memorable. I'd probably forget it in about two months. I, I, I agree. I think the two sort of um, moments that I was thinking about were both Ruka's drawing and Ruka's speech. So 
I was sort of umming and ahhing as to which one to have as the as the as the moment of the year. But yeah, I think I actually picked Ruka's drawing in the end. But I think those two sort of encapsulate, you know, a sort of a real sort of rocky progression, but eventually one that ended on a high. So I think he did a great job. Okay, so finally, the honourable mention. Oh, carbonara pasta. Carbonara I find everyone, everyone as well. Everyone thinks that. So, so yeah, thanks for everyone that like posted about that. So it seemed like that was a pretty popular. Pick. You know how you made that face mask for me. When are you going to make that carbonara pasta? In Australia. Australia, probably. Yeah. Well, you can make it for me if I'm coming to your house. Could you do that? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I don't really know how to cook though. That's fine. Neither does Rika. Okay. <gasps> so, I well, no, used to, used to. Now he probably is a great chef. Okay, so my my two honourable mentions are just Shohei getting naked, showing his balls. Yeah. Okay. So Jen, um, oh my god, did you do a screen grab of those balls? I think everyone did. Did you no, not? I didn't even. You know, when you said he showed he showed balls, Come I literally on. had never seen them. I had never seen it. Yeah. And then she sent it to me, and I was like, okay, um, I've never seen balls. it. I've never seen it. And then she screen grabbed. Yeah, we 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 we. I think we posted up as one of our. Um... No, I'd never seen it, and I did it. And I'll go tell you something. It's a big ball, isn't it? It's one big solo ball. It's quite big for a ball. What are you? T- <laughs> no, this is what she. Sh- this is what she sent me. She photoshopped it. No, come on. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm not a guy, so I don't really know how big balls are meant to be. But look, this is the ball that she sent You've me. You've seen some balls though, right? No, she said this. Yeah, Happy New Year. The bollocks you requested. Look. Yeah. It's quite a big ball. <laughs> Masimi <laughs> showing me steadily more and more zoomed in. No, she. Um, that's a big ball. Yeah, I mean, it's just the ball. The both those balls are in there, so. No, I think isn't that one ball? That's two balls in a ball sack. All right, shout I didn't out to even you, know. I didn't even know that she was talking about balls. I thought she was talking about Shohei's exit, as in actually leaving, leaving Terrace House. I think it's quite a big ball. Shout out to your balls, Shohei. It's um, it's good to have them on the show, and that's that's why they're getting my honourable mention. All right, all right. It's been a long one, but it's been a long one, and we've got to go see Peggy Goo ASAP. All right, so Peggy, if you're listening, we're just about to come and see you. And look, if um, I live in Hong Kong, okay. If anyone that is a fan of Terrace House lives in Hong Kong or is visiting Hong Kong, just like, shout out, you know? I'm kind of getting to that point where I'd be quite curious to meet you guys. Yeah, yeah, we really want to meet you guys. And yeah, and, and Stu would love it. Like, you know, he would love to meet you guys. Yeah, for sure. And if we can make it so we can do it as a, a team, that'd be great. But if not, we'll definitely want to go grab some beers, so. Grab some beers or non-alcoholic beers. Like, we don't care if you don't drink. For sure. Yeah, we don't want to be like a just, you know. We're drinking. I feel like there's too much alcohol around this. Episode. I spent the first four months of the year sober, drinking non so, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. I feel like I'm just trying to lose that label of being boozed up, Masumi. 
Because I'm no. not, no. I'm actually quite sober most of the time. Any any other 2019 gossip you want to get off your chest before we uh, close for the year? Look forward to 2020. I just want to think about what do we envisage happening? I do think maybe Rio and Vivi will kiss. I would love to see that. That's the one thing I'm really hoping for. I'm really hoping that Rio would make the 2020 Olympics team. They're two things. That'd be nice. Yeah, so I'm banking on those things. If Hannah profess, I'm really hoping that Hannah doesn't profess her love for Rio, but I know that if she does, I know Rio would just look the top dollar. He would have handled that so well. He'd look so good. Yeah. And, she, you know, she seems such a cool chick anyway. She can... So cool. She could have a pick of 20 other basketball players if she wants. She's so cool. I got my hair dyed pink. To look like her. Exactly. Everyone's going for the Hannah Kimura look. She wishes. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, thank you so much for listening. Sorry, it might have been a bit of a rambling one. We've definitely had slightly more drinks than usual, but it's we're celebrating. It's the end of the year. We're together. Just want to say a big thank you for everything last year. And... Yeah, we'll see you for the next episode in 2020. This is already this year, but yeah, you know what I mean. Bye! <laughs> Bye!